Welcome, welcome one and all to the Dad and Sons podcast. I, as always, am Liam Edwards. Joining me are my devilishly handsome duo of friends, Matt and George. Hello, fellas. Hey, Hello. are we are we at a like evil circus this week? Well, you belong in one, but yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> How's it going, chaps? It's okay. It's, it's, it's yeah. It's going. It's gone. <laughs> well, as always, we're full of energy today on the Dad and Sons podcast. Uh, this week, guys, we have to uh, do our little Twitter segment. Oh, yeah, that's right. You had a fun question for, for the, the audience. I did have a fun question. Uh, this week, I asked on Twitter everybody to give us a game title with one letter changed drastically changing how or what the game would be. Oh my god, I love this. Uh, we got a hell of a good amount of responses. <laughs> There's a lot of creative dad and sons out there, it seems. Uh, I wish I could go all through all of them. I mean, I know our show is garbage and we go on for two hours about nothing, but we can't do that. <laughs> the potential... Oh my god, there's so many ones. Oh, the potential is here. Hopefully we'll get to most of the good ones, but uh, you guys brace yourselves. We've got oh some boy. Ones. I'm starting with this one from Jay Yemi. Uh, Bro Shock. <laughs> your mission is to surprise your brother in increasingly elaborate ways. Oh, that's good. That's <laughs> Off to a good start there. Uh, we have a couple of Devil May Cry and uh, Witcher ones. We got The Bitcher 3 from John Almaraz. Hadn't, hadn't heard that one before. Yeah. We also have The Watcher 3, carefully observing local wildlife and fauna. <laughs> <laughs> we have, instead of Halo Wars, we have Halo Cars, a Halo racing game featuring all of the Halo franchise's iconic levels, now redesigned as racetrack. Uh, from Dennis S., we have Heavy Pain. <laughs> What you feel when you play a David Cage game. Ow, my pride. <laughs> Kimo Force says, Devil May Dry, a laundry simulator where little devils try to soil your laundry. Oh, soil? Uh, I mean, I guess make dirty, Old English. Yeah, but, ooh. Okay. Oh, I soiled my right. doily. So, so, so they right, just that's what I was thinking. Are, are soiling your sheets like right, right in broad daylight in front of the kids? <laughs> <laughs> Street lighter Ryu travels back in time and gets a job lighting all the lantern poles in London. <laughs> that's a lot of alliteration. Yeah, let's have a look. Let's go for some other ones. Undertame, a game about being a lion tamer at a cir- underground circus. That's also very specific. Yeah, from not David Lynch. Making sure we know what kind of circus specifically. <laughs> we have Innocent Ex- uh, Exorcist who says, Enter the Bungeon. It's a game about the horrors of baking. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, there are some good ones here. Uh, what about uh, what <laughs> God of Ra? A puzzle game that, stimu- that simulates the very thrilling and engaging process of file c- compression. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think I love this Star Wars of the night, uh, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, uh, probably a nightclub manager simulator for a Star Wars twist. <laughs> wait, wait, I, so they just changed knights like to knights, but with Star Wars. Yeah, just changed knights to knights, spelt with an N. <laughs> he took the, away a letter this time. Yeah. Uh, uh, 
Matt, this one's for you from Chile. The Outer Milds. Explore the wild lands of American suburban sprawl. <laughs> That's such a, like, borderline insult jab like the outer wilds more like the outer milds oh like that's like playground level <laughs> around the jungle gym. right right <laughs> so so I, I don't quite know how how much my my pride should be should be taking a stab here yeah around the monkey we got our orange vision with a guitar here you own a music <laughs> shop <laughs> <laughs> this is like it's a such great photoshop potential too the mental image is just like the same exact damn logo it's just guitar here <laughs> we got a uh, mox monkey with somber man r instead of bomber man r oh poor somber man play with up to four of your friends and see who lasts the longest before crying <laughs> paul schofield with N-R-A-2-K. Shooting hoops takes on a whole new meaning. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Fire Emblem Three Mouses. It's now the Red Wall Tactics RPG everyone has ever dreamed of. That's from Robert Watson. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, could, I could dig that. We accidentally created an actually good video game idea here. Whoops. <laughs> we got a few uh, Dark Souls spin-offs, uh, starting with Shark Souls, technically two letters. Okay. Bark Souls. That's that's still one. I think it's quite a common meme. Yeah. Shark Souls, what would you rather play? Bark Souls or Shark Souls? Bark. I mean, technically Dark Souls already <laughs> has a dog soul. in it, but I don't remember any sharks. <laughs> I'm a seven-year-old child right now. <laughs> Create your own dog. I'll be tight, man. Oh, this is probably my favorite one from Miki. Wife is strange. A pregnancy simulator. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> this one is uh, for George from uh, Tony Pecoraro. Okay. Fit man. A bald man shows different <laughs> yoga poses and exercises. That's That's something you can actually do, though, in the... In the, the, the Japan level, there's a little spot on the map where you can just press a button to strike some cool yoga poses. <laughs> we have uh, Petal Gear. Oh no. A, a gardening game. <sighs> there are, there are some, oh, oh, here we go, from Nathan Gonzalez. Into the beach. It's chill time. <laughs> this is just... Yeah. This is just too far up my alley in particular. Like, I was really jazzed a few days ago to discover that there's a whole subreddit for uh, slash r spubby, where where you just replace a, a, a comical letter and a company name or logo or something to to a funnier vowel or consonant, and just it just becomes something entirely different. Subway becomes spubby and. <laughs> don't know what it is that's so funny about that but this kind of bullshit is like it's right up my alley what i love is we're not just changing the letters and making puns but the fact that we can come up with game descriptions such as garen winter's fetal gear solid which is pretty much what <laughs> death stranding is gonna be because <laughs> At that point, also, you have to have an internal debate with yourself over whether or not it's fetal gear solid or fetal gear solid. <laughs> uh, we have Craig, a good friend of mine, with keep walking and nobody explodes. 
whoa, how do you play That sounds game? like an also interesting, legit, actual video game that could might as well exist. Uh, a VR well, he he, treadmill. He says it, it basically is the movie Speed, but as walking. Low speed speed. It's like speed without the speed. <laughs> uh, Hatline Miami. Oh it's hot on the beach. People need a new fashionable hat. It's, this is never going to stop, is it? Uh, Silent Bill. This is terrible. A stealth game about making your friends pay for food by sneaking out. I... I was in Ikea yesterday with a friend who just would never stop making puns out of the names of the Ikea furniture. We'd walk into a new room and, and, and a, a hat rack would be called, like, Vjarlsum. And he'd point at the, at the hat rack and be like, Jarlsum Thirsty? And make a pun. A really bad, awful, terrible pun. <laughs> and that was my day for three hours of yesterday. And now this is my day for, like... Oh my god, yeah. we're, we're on ten minutes at this point, but honestly, this is, this is some pretty good stuff, I appreciate it. I mean, it. this is better content than we've come up with in 88 <laughs> episodes, so, you know. Uh, we have Aubrey with Overbooked, a game about an adult trying to manage their social life with all their other responsibilities. And it would play like Overcooked, wouldn't it? You, you and three... <laughs> Fucked up friends would be waddling across a, a like office space desk area, slapping reports on each other's tables or something. <laughs> we have a uh, Jack with a uh, Sonic Mafia. <laughs> wait, wait, what's the original title? Sonic Mania. Oh, oh my! Of course. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Matt, are you okay back there? Just shaking his head constantly. No, it's the chow. The child's the mafia, for sure. The child. <laughs> no doubt, dude. I mean, there, oh, there are so many. Like, oh, we have uh, this last one from Shaft. Shaft. Goo Eater. <laughs> that, that's A another group of callback. teenagers eat Gamer Goo to be viral. <laughs> Ugh. Okay, wait, wait, last one, last one. Rasu Remastered Game of the Year says, Undertake. Undertale, but with determination of WWE. <laughs> oh, man, there are so many. If you're interested, just head on over to the tweet thread and have yourself a chuckle. Have yourself a final chuckle. So, uh, when, when, when we get into to our game updates, I guess I, I should clarify that since it's been one week since the last recording instead of two, I don't have quite as much as, as like, my, my laundry list. It's because you're determined to play that damn strategy game you're not very good at. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, so a mod for Rome Total War makes it good. I mean, I can't exactly say I'm, I'm super duper shocked and surprised with that revelation, but I'm um, still hacking away at that game. There's a, a mod called Divide et Impera that front loads some more interesting micromanagement type decisions that I feel like they had locked away for the upper tiers later on in the game. And I, I guess this, this provokes a, 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 a fascinating question, which is how the hell do you make sure that a game can be fun and interesting to play in the very beginning of, of the stages of, of 
unlocking a cool upgrade system or tree that makes the game a hell of a lot more fun and more interesting later on. I I can't help but notice that after installing this mod, I have a button that, that has my generals form wedges, uh, um, another button that can uh, have other infantry units form phalanxes and special formations designed for being charged by cavalry. There's There's more interesting things to do at more second to second stages of the gameplay here and it 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 makes me not envy all the game developers out in the world who have to consciously make a decision to hold interesting stuff back later in the in the hours of an experience sometimes i like how you persist with games you just generally do not like yeah 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 i will not argue with anyone there why why is that? I'm really into the setting right now. I explained how last week that I was a big Roma boo lately. These uh, I mean, these past everybody few weeks. knows that for yeah. like the past six months, not the past few weeks. It's been like six months. Like, play a game, play a real game. Like, what's wrong? What's what are you doing to this podcast? What what was happening, George? I've I've been playing other real games. I'm still chipping away at the, the RE Revelations, which is fun. Oh my okay, God. I have a question, and that is. Do the Japanese people who are making Japanese Resident Evil games, are they aware of how campy and stupid it is? Like, like they, they gotta know. For the most part, camp is, like, integral to, like, Japanese humor, so... But I don't is think they it? realize it's quite the same. Yeah. There's, there's a scene in RE Revelations where the bad guy shows up on a monitor in the, in the good guy's command center. If, uh, if you, if you'll imagine a busy, um, bustling war room where, where a lot of bureaucrats and agents have desks stamped high full of paperwork and there's one big screen in the front center of it all. The bad guy zaps onto the screen. He, he, he makes his demands. He's like, if you don't free the, the terror cell of Veltrix, I will, set the laser off on, on butt town and and everyone panics <laughs> and and the camera cuts into the back of the room where where someone is is running back and forth across the frame it cuts back to the bad guy in the middle of of, of the screen and he looks at the screen and says something really biblical and spooky like and and then Thy who hath forsaken me got smoted by the Lord. And then it cuts to another panicking bureaucrat who's, who looks at the ca- off camera and says, he's quoting Dante. Oh, my God. And I just have to wonder, do they know how stupid this looks? Do they know? They have to. I think they do n- understand at a certain level, but not to the same extent. So they, they think this is like great stuff. <laughs> Like, I was watching, uh, man, this is, like, vampire anime. That has, like, good animation and good shots, but my god. Was it a my, Twilight? Yeah, it's, like, Te- Tedzu something. It has, like, three parts. Someone knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, someone knows what I'm, what I'm talking about, for sure. We're gonna get a tweet. But, yeah, it's the same thing. It's where it's just, like... Why do you keep flashing noir across the screen and and all this stuff like it's this weird made anime and there's a lot of fan service <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's like cool like the animation is so cool it's like how do you, how do you I don't know it's it's weird man they make some weird stuff it's but it's interesting to to be like I wanna I still wanna watch it in some way. And I still want to play. You still want to play Silent Hill in some way, I guess. But not Silent Bill. 
That's Silent Bill I would probably play. I would definitely play Silent Bill for sure. I wonder what happens when you when you give Silent Bill over to the Westerners for the last few franchise installments where it all goes south. Like <laughs> what sort of creative directions does the Silent Bill franchise have to go in to to make gamers upset about it this week? Um probably change Bill into Jill, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> that's that that's that's wow. that's an advanced an advanced joke yeah that's that's um <laughs> i i can't wait to start it but speaking of of oh wait okay how in the world is is this any more of a real video game than rome 2 total war um speaking of crazy wild fun japanese stuff that has to know it has a sense of humor i got a code for metal wolf chaos you guys oh shit george is gonna go president on people's hell, asses hell yeah the 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 president is your character the vice president is evil and corrupt and and takes takes over the white house using the the 69th mechanized infantry division or something or some such or other and uh devolver digital decided to to (laughs) distribute this thing that was supposed to be a, a super secret japanese regional release you know you know the english in it you know the English in it was in the Japanese version. Yeah, I I'm wondering how <laughs> how Japanese gamers put up with that. Yeah, but because to to have the authenticity of it be the American president, they actually had really bad English voice acting anyway in the Japanese release. I I have seen videos the the language on on the menus and the subtitles is all moon runes, but the uh, the 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 voice texts have always been that like hilariously directed English language out of a Japanese studio like where where you can tell because of how slow and drawn out everyone talks. <laughs> it is um is I haven't seen a president. I'm looking at the gameplay now from like the IGN review. Uh, all I see is like the mech thing. Is is the president orange in this game? Because I see him like going around shanty towns and blowing it up. So I'm wondering. <laughs> I I don't I don't think so. I, I I believe this game was made in in 2005 when uh. <laughs> it sure looks like it. Okay. 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 Yeah, but b- b- before the the cultural representation of of America's first orange president, <laughs> that's going to be a good time. I I started up a playthrough of Age of Decadence. I d- I don't know if you guys would know about Age of Decadence, okay, no, but no, you know, there's other games. There's other games. No, what 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 else have you been playing? <laughs> what else have you been playing? The last game you played was uh was it uh Cadence of Hyrule? What? What's, what's going on, George? Yeah, you Talk moved on us. from cadence to decadence. That doesn't sound right. What's going on? Cadence George, of cadence. You, you, you don't you don't like video games anymore, video, George? Yeah. But what do you? I I are you getting old? Last week I played a hell of a lot, way more than usual. I went through it like the 3ds demo. Doesn't count. You've been playing the same game for eight I months. Played Detective Pikachu. Oh yeah! I put myself <laughs> through that so that I could talk about Detective Pikachu for for like five Isn't minutes. That an old game? Yes, it is, is it? an old game. I've been playing really, really old games. 
to have stuff to talk about on the podcast. Fuck me, no. right? <laughs> oh my god. PC releases uh 2019. We see we have 43 here. See, we got, we got Battle Toads. We got Anthem. Oh, I'm sorry. We got Bloodstain. Battle we got Toads. Con- Let me just get in my email inbox and, and put in a request for Battle Toads. Could it crack down three? I heard that's a good one. <laughs> Devil May Cry Five. Did you beat that? I mean, somebody pointed out that you never even mentioned whether you finished it or not. No, I never finished Devil May Cry Five. Oh, but I got s- sucked into other stuff like Evangelion and Assassin's Creed. Like Evangelion and Assassin's Creed is is, is on the back burner and everything. Did it's, you play it's nice. Assassin's Creed at least once between last recording and this recording? Uh, yeah, I did. I did one uh, Iliad stream where where I played it on stream. That doesn't count. How does it not count? It's not even on the dock. Because it doesn't count. Oh my gosh, this is like like it's worse than Calvin Ball. Metro Exodus, come on. What's going on? What's going on, George? Talk to us. Talk to us. George. Well, I talked about I talked about Rome Total War. I, I, I didn't get to talk about oh, Age God. of Decadence a lot. Age of Decadence is cool. Okay. What what's what's so cool about it? Age of Decadence. So apparently Age of Decadence is a, a borderline one-man project made by, like, one particularly angry, sycophantic, old-school CRPG fan. It's a top-down isometric RPG in the style of Fallout, where every few minutes you get a book of <laughs> of flavor dialogue to read through with, with like, eight 60-word long character choices that have to fold into a very particular build you make at the beginning of the game that locks out tons of other um, gameplay styles and dialogue paths out entirely. And it's really neat how well it managed to pull off this style of gameplay on 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 a on a budget um so far as i can count as 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 far as i've i've unlocked skills and played around with with the options that the system gives you it seems like this uh little intro town area has vignettes set up for for more different play styles than i can immediately wrap my head around Dude, the combat is so slow, dude. Yes, yes. Holy hell. If if you're seeing videos of, of yes. that very Fallout-style combat where everyone stands around and takes a turn over one another, then, then you might also be getting flashbacks to the Fallout-style inventory where... A lot of your clicks are being operated one one item at a time out of a, a inventory of 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 150, 170 clickables at some point across your whole bags and yeah the the combat is like Fallout but with squares instead of hexes and I I, I know that it looks slow but it feels surprisingly intense once you're in the thick of things it's balanced in a way that tries to be a little realistic about it so where everyone can't take no more than two or three solid clean uh connective maybe critical hits that pass through everyone's armor so when fighting armored enemies you're using a very fundamental 
completely different layout of, of items from unarmored enemies where, where you're using barbed arrowheads. This game is four years old. Yeah, a fan yeah, gave old. me a free uh, code for... Um, is it because it has a Roman soldier on the front of it? Is that why you played it? It's folding into the Roma is boo phase a bit. that strong? Yeah, it's, it's pretty intense, not gonna lie, guys. If you see if you see tweets from George about him being in Italy, you know what's going on. He's staying there. He's probably already there. Right now. I need to find some way to, to distance myself emotionally and socially from what's happening on the news these days. So you yeah. talk about giant empires that crush other smaller empires. Mm -hmm. It's a good reminder of our own mortality. <laughs> Speaking of immortality, <laughs> the yeah, opposite. I continue to play Fire Emblem Three Houses. This game, the more I play it, the more I love it. It is a fantastic game in general. It's like the best parts of Persona crossed with the best parts of Fire Emblem. My grievances and negative points from last week are still there. I probably amplified more the more side quests and shit I have to do that I just fetch quests instead of the school itself are annoying and like the lost items list that I have now is just like growing and growing because I can't be asked to do that and it's incredibly frustrating uh, and it's still ugly as shit. It's <laughs> probably the ugliest game released in like most recent like truly like I wouldn't say Fire Emblem's AAA, but you know, like, big studio, big team publisher, Nintendo, like, it's the ugliest big game, big release in you, years. You gotta watch out, though. This game's got, got some fanboys already. I have, I've, I've had friends receive backlash for, for lightweight criticisms on it so far. I don't think anybody could defend those, gra like, I don't care about graphics, but this is, like, unnecessarily ugly for 2019. Just, just, just ugly. If you can get Breath of the Wild on the Switch, there is no reason you can't load one school <laughs> or a static map. You have no excuse. It's poorly optimized and doesn't work very well. The text is tiny. It is, yeah, it's a bit of a mess as a technical uh, package. But when it comes to the gameplay, man, it shines. It is fantastic. And then when it comes to the characters, like I said last week, oh boy. Oh boy, this game is good. If you like, you know, interacting with different characters, getting to know them, like truly getting to know them and their different quirks and like having multi-faceted sides to them and the way they interact with other characters, this game is so good at it. Like probably hands down better than Persona 5 at least, I think. This game is so good at that. And there are, like, every character shines and doesn't get left by the wayside. Like, there are, like, individual paralogues for each character. There's tons of backstory and lore between every character and, like, their different families and how they intertwine with all the royal families. And it's like, wow, the detail. They really were like, we're going to take that persona thing and we're going to run with it. It is very good. And I have a flight to Korea in, like six hours with which I will be playing Fire Emblem on the flight. For sure. It's a good game. George, you should buy it. I heard that in Fire Emblem Fates, you uh, uh, you can do breeding. 
You can't do that because they're students. But you can fall in love and you can go to tea. Uh, like I finally see. I didn't last week. I didn't have a. I didn't have her in my sights. But Petra, uh, Petra, Petra is mine now. Petra is mine. Uh, that young, naive, unable to speak English correctly, purple firehead. Oh, she's mine. oh God! That that all of that just made it even she's worse. She's mine. Oh. Yeah, wow. it's it's really it's weird. weird having played a lot of the latest Fire Emblem game, which apparently had none of this weird stuff. Yeah, because it was based on Ninja, it, uh, Ninja Gaiden. It was based on <laughs> Fire Emblem Gaiden. <laughs> but apparently this series is full of all that weird stuff. Yeah, because that's how it got popular in the West somehow. <laughs> weird to say, isn't it? Like, thanks yeah. to Awakening and yeah. the inclusion of the support system. It had become incredibly popular, which is not usually a Western thing. But I, I liked Fates a lot, but this game is better than Fates, like, hands down. This game is maybe better than Awakening. Like, Awakening is faster with battles and stuff like that, and the battling is great. But the character development is not nowhere near as good. Like, nothing touches three, house, three houses in regards to character development, I think. High praise this time around. Yeah, no. It wasn't so high last time. Because, yeah, because I think that was the thing. I focused mostly on the negatives because I didn't really have anything to complain about in regards to the positives of it. I mean, they were just standardly like, oh, it's a Fire Emblem game. It's great. But the more you play it and the more you get in depth with the characters, you truly are, like, infused to continue on. Like, and the, and the I know it is weird, but you sort of drop it after a while, like the professor-student role you have. It's kind of intriguing because these students are almost entrusting you, even though you're supposedly the same fucking age, which is just a cop out. So weird. To get the excuse to be a professor. Yeah, it is weird no matter what. But they entrust you. They trust you as a professor like you would a naive young student trusting a teacher. So they're always like, even though you're sort of like wooing other ones that are battling other ones and like... Some of some of the story and plot lines in this are like really they hit on like serious tones like deep seated racism and sexism and it's super weird. Like there's like the blue house, the blue lions, the house I chose. The Dimitri is the king, but his family was slaughtered by these people called the. Uh, they're from a place called Duska, but his like royal aide is from Duska, so everybody hates him just for this reason. It's like. It's, like, incredible. It really touches on some incredibly uh, powerful themes and does it pretty well. And then there are other times when it's typically camp Japanese, like Resident Evil Revelations. It's a good game. I If you go to Switch, like, and you like... Ta- like, if you... Even if you have, like, a slight liking for tactical games, this game is great. It is very good. Uh, it, it sounds fine. It sounds like it's doing everything that a, a good fun fire emblem should be doing well that's the thing is fire emblem is like you know it's kind of a tried and true formula at this point so the battles are like as you expected are great i actually think they're pretty pretty damn good in this one with like all the additional stuff like battalions and such but it's all the new stuff it tries it really does really well i still think like questing in the school and stuff is stupid but thankfully you don't have to do that as much as you would think like it's all fetch quests but the actual interacting with students and having way more dialogue and way more cutscenes and stuff is actually really intriguing. And once you like gameplay wise, it is essentially flawless. The only negative is it's technical, you know, faults like fruit textures. Yeah. It's ugly as shit. 
Like, it's ugly. And it doesn't run very well. And they make weird design choices in regards to this stuff. <laughs> but you're like, uh, that's fine. After you played for 10 hours, you, you just drop that shit. It's like playing an old PS2 game. And you're like, well, old PS2 games are still good. The one thing I do want to complain about, and I didn't get a complaint about it last week, and I can't believe I forgot, is that the main character's clothing... Have you seen this shit? No. Just, just like, Google some gameplay of, like, the main character running around the school. The costume he's wearing has the dumbest, dumbest shit. He has, like, armor on that's kind of melded with, like, leather material. But then he has, like, what is a pseudo-cloak cape where it has two armholes either side that he never uses. And you just have these two armholes flapping either side of your supposed cape while you're running for no reason. <laughs> it is the most Japanese of designs. Yeah, I can't find these armholes. It's like when he's running. Like, it's not, not in battle. Armholes. Like, <laughs> like, armholes. Like, it's just like sleeves either side of him that he never uses. Three houses, sleeves. <laughs> I hope there's a Google result that comes up for that. I don't know. I'm I'm looking for for these holes. I'm trying to find the holes, and I can't find these these holes. I, I, right. I'm gonna say right. I'm gonna send a picture to. I'm gonna send a picture to you on Discord. Right. Like, what happens is supposedly it's a coat. It's meant to be like a coat, but he has he has holes in the middle of the like the sleeves, like cut where his elbows are, so they droop down and he can poke them out. You know, like those mittens that you can sort of... Oh, I see. Oh my god, that looks dumb. Yeah. How does that not just get in the way of, like, like you're trying to slash someone with your sword, but you just slap them with your sleeve flop? It's a style. It is so, so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> it is the dumbest coat, and it's so annoying when you're like. <laughs> when you're like right. Would you rather belts or or arm holes? I would, I would. I would rather belts than this. Yeah, I would rather belts. So that like, way you, you fl- flap your belts around and follow it like, up with the yeah, second attack. Because at least it's belts. He has like <laughs> purposely cut holes in the, the middle of his his sleeves of his like coat cape, and then he's like, "Nah, fuck it." I hope he catches just, on. I'm just gonna wear it like this. I want to see Fuck belts y'all. and armholes at the same time. He's he's disgusting. Wacky hair, armholes, belts, emo. To be fair, the main character is probably the weakest part of the game. He's actually really annoying, Aww. or she's really annoying, depending on what you choose. Aww. Doesn't talk. Has minimal animations. Has dumb green hair. Has a stupid cape. Is overall just dumb. Just stupid dumb. <laughs> Don't like it. Take it away from me. Oh. I uh, guess guess we could, like, take it away in the sense that, that, that we do a topic change? <laughs> well, Matt, do you, have, do you have any glowing things? I, I have not... <laughs> take out your glowing played things. very much. Yeah, I haven't played very much. Can I just quickly mention one thing? Because I didn't get to play many games other than Fire Emblem this week, but I, what I did get to do is uh and i haven't had like time over previous years to really sit down like i used to but is i watched most of evo this year oh so you might have seen the uh the david hater thing that that i did got see in big the trouble Hader for thing. so 
we'll get onto that news topic after. Nobody, nobody can, nobody can question us now on whether we get an intro or not. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, did any, did either of you watch any of Evo? Yeah, I, did, love, uh, I usually get in there and watch some like some of my favorites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a couple of years ago, like especially when I was in university, I loved Evo every year. And just in recent years, because of time zones and stuff like that, I've not had a chance to watch it. But this year, I managed to catch almost most of it. Uh, through the weekend and straight through, to, I, I watched all of the grand finals for every tournament, and man, it was so good. It was so good this year. Yeah. Like the Smash grand finals were hype as hell. The Street Fighter one was pretty damn good. The Soul Calibur six one was entertaining as hell. Ah oh, man, it was really good. That was dope, man. I, yeah. I always like some Evo fighting games. Oof. It, I don't know. Street Fighter just does something to me every time I watch it. Just all those combos. Because I've tried to do it like a steady two months. And I was like, you know, what? I don't I don't have the time to keep doing this. <laughs> you, have to, you have to do you have to do some dedication in order to do that. Yeah. Or you just have some raw talent. Head. And I, I don't when it comes down to learning those combos. It makes me yearn for my university days of playing Street Fighter 4 almost every day for like yeah. three years. Uh, they were good times. Which One day. Which, I'll learn how to play Karen. One day. Which <laughs> Smash game is it that's that's the, the, the hypest, funnest one these days by the looks of things? Well, there's only one because they dropped yeah. Melee this year. They they did. It's It's finally put to bed. It was finally put to bed. Oh, I don't know if I should be sad or glad. Well, everybody was wondering what... Because Ultimate got the uh, last spot of the day, which is traditionally Street Fighter's spot. Because obviously Street Fighter has traditionally been the biggest game, as always. But um, yeah, Smash Smash got it this year, and people were wondering whether it would live up to the hype. And oh my god, did it just. Yay. <laughs> like, there was this guy called MK Leo, who's like one of probably the best Smash player in the world. And he was a... He got sent down to the losers brackets, which means he were he got to the grand final eventually, but because he came from losers side, he had to win three games to reset the bracket, and then would have right. to win three games again to win the tournament. And he was playing against this guy called Tweak, who was also really good and came so close to winning. And then MK Leo, who had just come through the losers, basically absolutely destroying everybody. Was two down, bought it back to reset the bracket to then go on and win. It was so good. Well, he he was using Joker. What do you expect? Yeah, <laughs> I'm 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 playing. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but I'm playing. <laughs> but like the other guy was using Pokemon Trainer, and it was like his ability to like swap the different Pokemon to use what he needed. Like having like, well, he's like falling off the stage to like switch to Charizard so he could do like fire blitz to smash himself into the side of the stage yeah. to then do like an up B to get back on it was like amazing to watch <laughs> it, it was good I really enjoyed Evo this year and it was it was worth not playing games to watch other people playing games <laughs> I can't believe that's 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 the grand national pastime these days. <laughs> it's easily the best esports. I I just I don't know. There's something about e like Evo and it's like 
very grassroots style, even though it is like, you know, Mandalay Bay, massive arena now. There's something about like fighting game esports that is it's just so much more pure and like really traditional than compared to, you know, Fortnite or League of Legends or something like that. So so what you're saying is that it seems harder to tell if uh if if someone is, let's say, selling out at Evo, or if or if Evo is a uh, official authoritative institution. Oh, there's no doubt about that. Like Evo is like a big million dollar business now, but the way it's presented and everything, it's always about like the community it's always about the heart of the games like the moments and stuff like that it's not about like brand deals and and stuff like that there's always the commentators the different commentators from the community you know like yipes and d1 and seth keelian and jason uh james chan and you know all those guys who have been around for years and evo tends to always put on this very community front-facing idea I know there was uh, some troubles happening around stuff around Evo, like after parties and stuff like that. So obviously the community itself is not free from trouble, but and, Evo and itself presents itself like incredibly like homegrown grassroots type thing. And all of those values are going to come clashing down into a challenge that that's going to be one of our news stories this week. Yeah, I think it's because you have thousands of people entering, like just nobodies from around the world and then eventually they whittle down into the best players but you do have this huge tournament watched by like 200,000 people and then you have like Silent Bill from Orlando (laughs) who just plays Street Fighter with his buddies and you're like who's this guy nobody knows (laughs) and he's just there playing Street Fighter in front of hundreds of thousands of people there's something really nice about that there's been like a nasty other side of the coin of wholesome internet humor driven pop culture phenomenons over the past few years in general anyways we'll get into it at some point after the uh, the break and the transition to the news um I want to mention something something you said, Liam, uh, yeah. while you're explaining Evo. I I was at a, a bar and they had sports oh, on. I'll be I'll be back. And during the it was baseball and during the pitching they zoomed out the camera and had an ad for in and out just right there during the I know, game. right? And I wonder how long it will take for that to happen to uh esports. Well, know? for Fortnite League of Legends and stuff like that, it's already happening. Really? Yeah, it's already happening. Evo, I mean, they have stuff intermittently, but it's all they like. I think, if I remember correctly, one of the big outsider brands was like Cup Noodle Ramen, no. but everything else was like Logitech game gaming keyboards and Mad Cats. Well, Mad Cats doesn't exist anymore. Razor Fight Sticks, and it was all very like, I don't want to say gamer centric products, but it was definitely focused towards people who would watch this kind of thing. Not like League of Legends, which is like. Buy home insurance now from AIG or something like that. Oh, yeah. Oh boy. Okay. Well, here we are. Hello. This is the future. Welcome um, to 202019. Is it is it depressing again? Yes. <laughs> yeah, some weird stuff is going on in video games. Yep. I just I just want my video games, guys. I want my <gasps> video games. Don't say that, Matt. That's the trigger. That's the trigger? Don't touch my video games. Don't touch my, don't touch my 
Why you want to touch my video games? Why does everyone want to change my video games? (laughs) I can't not picture someone protectively holding a switchblade over their their video game stash under that voice. (laughs) My back catalog. I die for my back catalog. I haven't played this 2015 Age of Decadence, but I'll die for it. Yeah. I stopped collecting. I was like, you know what? Forget this. Embrace the digital future. Because <laughs> you know what happened? After I like moved, I packed that junk in a box and I never, <laughs> never do anything with it. I don't have time. I have a very similar situation where like, I have a whole stack of awesome Game Boy Advance games I had planned on playing that I bought whilst here in Japan. Never got them out of the box. Yeah. Not, not to say there's anything bad about collecting, because it definitely do, looks nice on the shelf. Like, I you. am jealous of every video yeah, game for sure. YouTuber who I, whose collections I watch and I, like, mouthwater over. Yeah. It's just, I don't want the plastic anymore, personally. I don't have a bunch of plastic. No, I know you don't. I, I use plastic because that's what you use. You say that. Plastic. Yeah. I don't want plastic. Living room plastic. So we we ready to come back? Yeah. Wait. Wait. What? What? Forty nine. Was that the break? Did we just end it? Just. Just. Yeah. That that? was. That was the. That was the break. I I was. I was using the bathroom. Wait. What? What? I thought we were still talking. Me and Matt were still talking. God damn it! Really? (laughs) Yeah. Oh my god. And now, and now we officially go for the break. Yes. Keep all of that in. Keep all of that until George comes back and confusingly is like, what's going on, guys? <laughs> Let's go racing. It's Super Mario Kart Funny Car Madness. Only on Super NES. Turn the track into a giant mud pit. Or burn rubber on ice, wood, or asphalt. Fly. Mix it up with the big boys. See Bowser and his big foot dropping trucks. See Yoshi's go-kart really good. Go. Mushrooms, banana peels, turtle shell. Dynamite. Check your rear view and make a mean test. Or go into battle mode and ruin his day. Two speeds. Fast and way too fast. It's two-player fun on the split screen. Only for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Now you're playing with power. Super power. So it's it's been like a really weird week in, in the game sphere. Whoa, 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 whoa. Are you stepping in on my introduction here, buddy? Oh, oh, I, I didn't know you, you had it. Are you oh, oh. stepping in? You, you know, I haven't done an introduction in a while, and I'm trying to figure out why. <laughs> because we took f- a week off, and then George wanted to do his Gamergoo intro last week, and then so we missed me, and it's meant to be you this week, but George pushed it back a week. The, 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 for- the formula is informalized. Wow. Wow. Go, go, go ahead, Liam. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I feel... No hard feelings. I'm so sorry. But but this this new story that you have on the docket here was was also your idea. So. Yeah, because it's the biggest news of the week, and you're uh, you're always about those big new big controversial news stories, there, George. <laughs> <laughs> big boring news. <laughs> <laughs> we should talk about this, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, go, go, George, go, 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 go. I. I no, no one will thank me for like not putting shootings and stuff on here. Anyways, you um, do not get to talk about fucking Randy Pitchford's bull ass bullshit of a life, and then miss out on what is the biggest, most important gaming story of the week. You do not get to do that. So Liam really wanted to talk about Ooblets on this week's podcast. We're doing the Ooblets thing. 
Mm-hmm. And you, uh, by that tone, you can tell everybody, if you've listened to the most recent episodes when we talked about exclusivity, George does not want to talk about this topic. Yeah, because you're going to play devil's advocate and and get a what? bunch of angry fans who are going to get mad about stupid bullshit. Like yourself. <laughs> so, Ooblets is, is a game... It's a uh, two-person studio making a game. Like a, a sort of collective monsters battling Pokemon sort of situation. Something like uh, uh, top-down RPG. Stardew Valley, supposedly. Oh, that sounds good. It <laughs> looks what? good. Looks good. It's very cute. So, they they signed on for an Epic Store exclusivity deal and made a blog post announcing it that um, was an attempt at, at damage control and so <laughs> mitigating preface, fan to preface To preface one part of this that um, many people missed over, Ooblets was originally being published by Double Fine. And mm. then Double Fine got purchased by Microsoft, which means they had to renegotiate or drop certain games that Double Fine was attached to because that doesn't come as the package of being bought out by Microsoft. So, in fairness, they had to find a new publisher. Damn. But please, please continue. Please, please continue. They they also ran a Patreon and, and wondering... Wondering some some further details regarding that. But Ooblets is famous and in the news this week because they released a blog post announcing their Epic Game Store exclusivity deal. That, um... Oh, God. Where to, where to begin? Like, it, it has a helpful description of the, the, the basic beginning, middle, and end of, of what is going on in the story here and why any developers would want to take an Epic Game Store exclusivity deal. Saying, quote, They offered us a minimum guarantee on sales that would match what we've been wanting to earn if we were just selling ooblets across all the stores. Which is an incredible deal. An incredible deal. Like, you as a working person making who is self-employed making your own project, somebody comes along and guarantees you what you are hoping you will achieve in six months' time. They are saying, don't worry. You don't have to worry about the finances of that. Like, the mortgage on your house is fine. Uh, you can keep making this game. You don't have to, like, cut any content or, like, uh, bring forth or delay the game. You are covered. Just focus on making the game. You are covered. That is an incredible deal. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they, they do sling around money. And that came in the middle of a blog post that that I'm 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 sure is is more or less filling in a, a caricature of of the writers that the audience has already probably got 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 worked up in their heads at some point. Well this is another weird thing. As they mentioned, the blog post was mainly written for their people, their community that had already following them. This wasn't written for the wider community. Not every person in the world knew what Ooblets was until this week. 
it was written for their already supporting community to explain in a very tongue-in-cheek, maybe not the best way possible, even though their community will have known the way they write blog posts already. It was for them to explain to their community who were already supporting them why they were choosing Epic. But then, of course, the rabid hatred and haters and toxic community that are staunch opposing opposites of the Epic Game Store used it against them to continue their vitrolic, horrible tirade against anybody who even thinks about posting a game on the Epic Store. To quote from the blog post's language itself... This is exactly what Marx warned us about. Just imagine if other companies got it in their head to offer funding in exchange for exclusives. What'd be next? Game consoles paying for games to be exclusive on their consoles? Netflix paying for exclusive shows? Newspapers paying for exclusive articles? It'd be some sort of late capitalist dystopia. That sounds almost like you wrote that, George. Yeah. <laughs> the article ends with look at all the things going on around you and ask yourself if there might be anything just a tad more worthwhile to be upset about. Here are a few suggestions climate change, human rights abuses, the new Twitter desktop UI, the last season of Game of Thrones. The last two are jokes. Please don't yell at people about them. I, I did hear about this story, and he is pretty snarky in this, but yeah, very I so. can't not agree with him. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's talking to his community, but even if he's talking to like the gaming community at large, a huge proportion of the gaming community are massive babies who need that kind of snark to understand like why somebody would do something. So sometimes babies need to be told. So now the Ooblets, the Ooblets community has gone to complete shit. No, the gaming community has gone to complete shit. I think the Ooblets community was pretty fine. The Ooblets Discord is full of porn and gore now. Yeah, because ah, there you go. people get mad. Yeah, the adult <laughs> response to everything. Yeah, you think if an adult is in there doing that, then something is wrong with you, bro. I'm going to go ahead and tell you that right now. <laughs> I'm sorry if you're a fan, but man, if you're an adult and you're 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 posting porn and stuff like that because you don't like the way he says something in the post, you're being a baby, man. You should stop that. Because the Pokemon Stardew Valley game, you now have yeah, to buy no, from a different that, client. Oh, wow! Come on, man. Well, don't waste your time doing something else, man. Play play a game or something, man. Go outside. The, the, the Ooblets developer has received thousands, if not tens of thousands, of hateful, threatening messages across every possible platform nonstop. It's especially hurtful since we had such a positive, supportive relationship with our audience throughout development. I have been crying nonstop for the last two days and feel like the world has collapsed around me. I'm, I'm not, no, like, this is so serious. Like, if any body listening to this cares about video games because of course you're listening to this show you have to understand i've i like all the devs that i see frequently we've been talking about this week because it affects us it affects our livelihood we're just doing a job we're making things for people to have fun with and the problem with game development just like the realities George posts all the time, is that it's not easy and you have to go with stuff like exclusivity deals because you can't stop making games. You need to know what the next thing is and you need to know what the funding is for the next thing. You need to always have like an option B. 
right? And Ooblets lost their publisher. Double fine. And yes, they had support from Patreon. They're a two-person team making a pretty huge, substantial game. And this is not about Epic or Steam or anything. And that is like another discussion whether Steam and Epic should have competition between them because they absolutely should. It creates a healthy marketplace. But this, like, response is just like, why would anybody want to work in game dev? Why? Two people. Two people. They... They wrote a blog post to, the, uh, to their own community regarding a decision that was tongue-in-cheek. But the decision wholly is what people are angry at. Why would you choose the Epic Games Store? It doesn't have any features. It doesn't have this. Blah, blah, blah. Like, to think people aiming to just financially secure their project's funding, which is like every business in the world, buying a phone from a certain provider... Netflix having only Stranger Things. Why is not Net? Why is Netflix not on? Uh, why is Stranger Things not on the Amazon store? Why, like, like every business needs financial security, and for devs, Epic right now for small, they're not aiming for like Bethesda or Activision. They're aiming for people like Supergiant who make great games. They're aiming for people like the Ooblets team and other studios because they know they can create something in the long term. Yes, Epic have problems in other ways. Fortnite, microtransactions, horrible crunch time, and stuff like that. But in regards to this, as devs, they're offering great deals for you to make games safely and like financially secure. And to think that you, as a person, and your livelihood, because games is not a hobby to these people, it's their professional lives, they're making a decision based on the fact that they can continue making their game for another year, to receive hundreds of thousands of messages and still people can be like, yeah, but but but, but the Epic's Game Store is, is quite frankly disgusting. It's disgusting. If you care so much about games to post hateful messages, you should start caring about the people who make it. If your favorite musician or artist or director of a movie was receiving tons of hate messages because of a decision they made regarding something to do with their music or direction of something, more than likely you, you would support them or you would come out in defense of them. Why is this not the same for video game developers and people making decisions out of their own financial security? It is frankly disgusting. I, I don't think people think of it that way. That's why. I know. They're it's think, so they're sad. They're thinking of it very selfishly. And I, this might come out of left field, but like I feel like a lot of the people who can't understand that when that is explained to them is that they've never had to struggle. I, and it's weird because... Especially for something they love. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, video games traditionally have been big studio developments that receive money and investment from outside sources or they gain huge, huge revenue, right? For a team like the Ooblets team who are aiming for, like, let's say, 100,000 copies which would be amazing, but probably their minimum considering, you know, the popularity of the game already and all this kind of thing. For Epic to just be like, look, we like what you're doing. We'd love the game on our store. We're trying to build something here. We will guarantee you that 100,000 copy sale and then every revenue after that will be a split share of 70-30. Is like, it's like winning the lottery for a dev. It's like... 
oh my god, we can continue to make this game, and not only that, we can start thinking about the next game. We can continue our livelihood. We don't have to find other jobs. We don't have to remortgage our house. If you watch every dev documentary or story for indie devs Mm -hmm. in the most recent times, it's always about, like, I had to remortgage my house. I had to eat cup ramen for four years. Like, the Owlboy team literally went bankrupt until they had a massive success. Imagine if those guys just got publishing money from Epic ten years ago and were able to make the game in four years. Because they had funding. They didn't have to like work odd jobs to do it. Why is this such a problem for people? It's because people don't understand the industry internally. And that is probably a fault of the industry for not sharing the way that those things work. But exclusivity is not the enemy. In these regards, most of the games, as I've said on the show in multiple weeks, and I hope this is the last time we have to talk about this, but... Exclusivity is literally (laughs) the reason why some of your favorite games have been made. Seriously. And eventually, Ubots will go to another platform. You're not going to buy it anyway. You're going to wait until it's on sale in the Steam sale six months later for 40% off anyway. You're not going to buy it day one. I think a, a lot of people didn't hear about exclusivity back then because not a lot of people were on the internet back then. I'm pretty I know, sure it's, it's like so PS2 weird. was yeah. like a co- different world compared yeah. to Xbox. We just think about yeah. all the exclusivities from Massive Series. We've got, like we literally talk about it for Smash Brothers. Like it's yeah. a exciting thing. Like, do, do look we at all these exclusive ex- characters from Nintendo's history. Do, do we have exclusivity to blame for everything? No. <laughs> but why is everybody blaming these people for choosing something that would be financially the best decision of their lives because they were offered exclusive, I mean, doing exclusivity? All, all the pain and misery that's ever been caused by the, by console wars arguing and bickering, the consumer loyalty, the, the, the brand loyalty. Your mom buys you one console as a kid because they can't afford all three. And, and, and wars have been lost and won ever since. It all begins with exclusivity, doesn't it? No, it, it doesn't. If you think back to the Nintendo and Sega days, it was all about how powerful their hardware was because most of the time they shared the same games. All of the Capcom Disney games had alternate versions of both of them. It was more about what the hardware could do. 64 bits, 32 bits, 16 bits, blast processing, the the uh, SFX chip. It was never about the games. It was always about the hardware. It wasn't until like the Xbox generation of online play was this ever really a thing. Yes, kids used to argue, like, the Sega Genesis is better, like, the Nintendo's better because it's got blast processing. It was never about games. It wasn't about game publishers choosing a certain platform. Yes, you had Mario and Sonic. What mascot do you like? But it's not the same thing as now. We have small teams, two people teams, who have the opportunity of a lifetime to continue making their games. People should be happy for them. If you love games and you like games being made and you want to support games like Ooblets as an art form, you should be happy about this. Otherwise, you're going to get Call of Duty and Assassin's Creed and massive same blockbuster games forever because they're the only people who can afford to make games. Without exclusivity, you wouldn't get so many small indie titles that people are beginning to love. Like, what's the difference between exclusivity and going through Kickstarter? 
What's the difference? You're supporting money up front. You have to go to Kickstarter to give them your money and press a button. What's the difference between downloading a launcher and giving money? It's all in the weird details that people seem to get angry about this. One of the biggest things coming out of this is like Epic's Epic's Game Store doesn't have the features that Steam doesn't. And no, it doesn't. But did Steam have those features in the beginning? No. And will Epic have it if they have no games on their store? No. Give things a chance. And if you really, truly love games like you're defending it to these people who are being toxic and all this vitriol towards people, think about the people who make them. This isn't just me as a dev talking about it. It is literally people's livelihoods. You should say it about any industry. If you support what comes out of it, you need to support the people who make it as well. This is why we have Kickstarter success stories, because people want to do that. So let's do the same thing. Exclusivity can be bad. It can be anti-consumer. That's right. But on the flip side, it's the reason most of like the successful indie games you've seen in recent times actually get made. And to just be spilling hatred and filling someone's Discord with porn and gore because you're upset that a game you were not interested in in the first place is going on Epic Game Store is just like, please, please do something more with your time. When tweeting the original announcement, Glumberland said, okay, so we did the thing, the thing people get angry about, but maybe don't get angry about it. After receiving the reception that their post did, they then responded by saying, we really misjudged how angry so many people would be. Because he's probably a normal, rational person. Do you expect that would happen? Yeah. 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 (laughs) But to the level of which it has happened so that we are talking about it right now. A game that 80% of the people who are shouting and screaming at the right messages <laughs> were not interested in yeah. this Pokemon yeah. <laughs> Never heard of Ooblets until this thing. Exactly. <laughs> this, is the, this is the problem. It's like it blows people my mind. People want to be mad at things, man. You see it all the time on Twitter. Like That's why I never follow people who are as negative all the time. I don't want that. I don't want I just, that joke I in just, my life. Yeah, I just, I just don't get it. I just can't. I can't. If you love video games so much and you love this industry to be in that mind that you think these people are purposely out to spite you by putting their game on a different store. They wouldn't, they weren't originally going to do that. They were going to put it on Steam and Switch and all these things, but they got the funding they need to finish. Like, come on. Just come on. (laughs) Rationality, Rationality, please. Speaking about name dropping, damn Liam, you're always name dropping. Uh, the organizer leaks personal contact info. Don't, don't professional name drop as as bad as they did. <laughs> <laughs> no matter how bad we we or Liam gets about name dropping on here, hey, don't don't I get as bad as, as they just did. <laughs> I, it doesn't matter who else I know. I know Matt Visual. That's all that matters. Oh, oh. Oh, look at that. Look at that. I'm better than, than the guy who made Star Fox. <laughs> but you know what? Neither is good enough to get the attention of, of David Hayter on, on on Cameo.com. Anyways. We tried three times, guys. Three <laughs> times. We three tried times. Three times. He declined us three times. Do, we should have said this in the beginning of the episode. Do, really. do not. Do not. Do not. Talk to David Hayter. If you if you see David Hayter, 
in public or at a convention, do not bring do not. up Dan Sons to him. Please. No. Oh, God damn. This is, this you, is the exact opposite of what... I can't believe you put that in what... your head. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I... All right, fine. I'm shutting that down as a timestamp. George is going to edit the shit out of that. God damn it, guys. This is almost as bad as that time the ESA leaked all of the media attendees of E3 onto a public WordPress page, and and the internet d- decided to to be real shitty about that too. Like literally send death threats to people who write about video games. What is wrong with people? Like, <laughs> anyway. No man, the internet's a, it's a weird place, man. It's it's Anonymous. been a weird week. I. Like I said, I, I'm i glad we're not talking about the shootings instead. Instead, we got this bullshit. Okay, so... Speaking of what's wrong have, with people... They have over 2,000... <laughs> <laughs> they have over 2,000 names on, on, on this David. list that includes people who didn't necessarily even show up uh, to E3 as a video game journalist. People who aren't necessarily video game journalists, just anyone who registered as media, which almost could have been Matt for a, a split second there. Wait, was it, wasn't yeah. that you? We, we were thinking about it. Wait, yeah. George, what? Wasn't, wasn't that you? Yeah, I it thought he was going too, but he said he wasn't. Wait, no, George went to E3. Oh, no, I went to GDC. GDC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was talking to E about E three like he was going, and I was gonna yeah. go because he was going. So like, oh, I gotta well, meet up with that... George and look at video games, <laughs> and then get doxxed for it three weeks later. <laughs> wow, we dodged a bullet. Holy crap! Maybe like so. Literally. Yeah, I I know more than one, more than two people who have been hit by this, and one thing that is especially haunting to me is that if it does happen you can't say publicly that it happened because that just uh uh confirms to to them that that they struck correctly man this is this is like one of my greatest fears right now this is my biggest problem like this happened to me it happened whatever you know like i like my number though i had this number for a while (laughs) I don't want to change it. I don't want to change my number. <laughs> but now it's out there and stuff. That's crazy. I don't want to change my number. I also don't like how much is just tied to a number. Like, if you guys ever lose your, your Uber or your Lyft account, you don't, you don't reactivate it with a username and password. You reactivate it with a phone number. You can, you can unlock a lot of stuff with just a phone number. Yeah. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, this it's that that's that's pretty much it. Like <sighs> there's Whoa. there's talk on changing it over into some kind of class action lawsuit, but the roadblock stunting that progress is that in the United States in order to prosecute someone for stalking or harassing, they actually have to show up to your house or mail something to the address that has been distributed. You can't persecute anyone for just distributing your own personal information. Some some crazy person actually has to follow through on it before you how you does, can you can prosecute. How does the guy look like though? I wanna know how you, why didn't they ever show the guy? 
who whoever hacked it leaked yeah leaked the stuff okay i want to so see in this case it was the esa that did it so i'm assuming an underpaid it department who put together a um system for reporter email lists uh they released a statement about it they they <laughs> They call it a vulnerability. The Entertainment Software Association was made aware yesterday of a website vulnerability on the Exhibitor Portal section. Unfortunately, a vulnerability was exploited and that list became public. We regret that that happened and are sorry. We provide the ESA members and exhibitors a media list on a password-protected exhibitor site so they can invite you to E3 press events, connect with you for interviews, and let you know what they are showcasing. So this is like um, press releases that they send out for for announcements and interview opportunities and scheduling demo sessions. So not a single person is actually responsible for this. It's the organization that did E3's PR. Mm. The, The responsibility is falling on them because it was an awfully unprofessional method of, of storing sensitive data on the internet. Wow. Like it wasn't <sighs> password protected. You could type in a URL and share it around and not a lot of effort was required to to get this information from them. Wow. God. Yeah, that's uh f- coming from E3. E3. It, it's not like, I don't know, what's a small convention? I don't know. One, some of the ones in <clears throat> Texas, not so I've been yeah, to Texas. QuakeCon. Yeah, a QuakeCon. Like, it's not QuakeCon. This is E3. It's just a little bit weird. It's, just... it's weird that GDC is smaller but feels more professional. Well, yeah, GDC, you get a. I mean, you got LG there. You got professional companies there, man. Yeah, it's not 47 like a... Communications is doing their PR. Don't yeah. got to worry about getting. Getting doxxed by them, they they paid out the big bucks. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, it sucks. It sucks. I I don't know anybody who got their stuff leaked, but damn, that sucks. The scary follow-up slippery slope questions are: Does this not paint a bright future for E three in general? God no. Because of how Why, who would how much go? it's changed. Who would want to go now? I, I, I mean, this it wasn't the regular the customers, it was just the media. Well, that's what I mean. Like, who, who out of the media would want to go? Which would kill E3. Because no, e, no media covering E3 means, like, no E3. And they also have ways to get around that with how much is uh, being announced through direct video releases online. There hasn't been a real necessity in a long while for people to packing up a car and actually going there in but, person. Like the only thing is to play demos that are um, with the developers in like some secret corner stuff that you can't. That's not on the show floor. That's like the only thing. But you that, could do that. I, that I, really I know, I know so. because like E3 in general gains so much traffic just by it being a massive event that even if you're not really doing anything exclusive, just having news reports of what's been announced is like huge traffic. 
That's true. I just wonder how much longer that's going to last if it really is diminishing in terms of the real valuable information to be announced there. Like having your journalists receive death threats. <laughs> that would suck if the biggest E3 news story was a meta story about how <laughs> how bad E3 dropped their spaghetti this time. <laughs> wow. All right, so uh, last but not least, um, David Hayter is in trouble. Well, no, no, no. Evo is in trouble <laughs> with David yeah, Hayter. David is in I trouble. tell you what, David Hayter is in trouble. <laughs> so uh, we, we've, we've been joking and laughing on this podcast about David Hayter's hot new cameo gig, where you pay David Hayter $75 to uh, apparently not do a podcast intro. Yeah. Damn, damn tootin'. Mm-hmm. You could just slip him a few a few fun bucks and, and get him to say any wonderful we thing. Tried. And no one will put it. No we one will tried. put it on their podcast. Yeah. We tried. Did you cut the, the last one out too, George? We three, tried three times. Three attempts. Just three attempts were yeah. made. Yeah. Just to reiterate, but, in case George cut it out, we tried three times. Yeah. Three. I'm I'm sure that David Hayter has his reasons. Yeah, I'm sure. And I'm I'm sure that every single time he had some kind of freak foot surgery, or or the kids were were calling mm. him over for dinner, or um I don't know, mom Maybe was in a swamp and alligators were getting eating close. Something he was eating, yeah. and he was like, you know, and what? his stomach I'm was right now. I need to the fart. Pod- <laughs> the podcast is called Dad and Sons. Why would I ever associate my name with that? Yeah. I'm sure that David Hayter <laughs> shrugged visibly towards the camera and had no no other options, nothing better to do, and not record a podcast intro. But other than that, he is busy taking your personal request for just about any kind of message you could conceivably imagine at Cameo.com. Including apparently, the words, that was some good-ass Tekken. Good-ass Tekken. So, so as as we found out three times, there are issues when your cameo message is used to promote another product or event. <laughs> I like and how we officially are part of this story, almost. <laughs> <laughs> and and you wonder why this stuff keeps me awake at night. Um, <laughs> George gets very paranoid. <laughs> uh, 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 they like, David- if, if, wait, if anybody is thinking, you are correct. George, one of the biggest Metal Gear Solid fans in the world, has been losing sleep over whether David Hayter secretly hates him for requesting three times. And because they don't tr- specify why they don't take your order. They just either... Wait, wait, no. There was the one time he did ask a question, and so I tried again and just, then just got a denial without Can any response. Can you imagine George being <laughs> hated by literally his favorite video game character yeah. of all time? Yeah. It's the weirdest thing, man. <laughs> it's so weird. You single-handedly took down Konami. Maybe okay. he's still getting paid. You did paid. him a favor. Yeah. And he would have got I, 70 Single-handedly bucks. took down and he- Konami. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm sure that's what what's holding him on the fishing line. The $75 <laughs> price. <laughs> so funny. A- anyways... Um, I remember you were talking earlier about how Evo feels like it still has a, a homemade, uh, rough sort of sort of game jam quality to it. It's a little, a little Gen Xy. It's a little punk rock for for how uh, a pop the industry usually tries to be. Right? They're just they're 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 this 
ragtag, homemade, rough and tumble. Uh, they're they're rustic, you know, Evo. They're they have a sense of humor about it. They don't try too hard to impress you, right? Yeah. <laughs> Evo decided to use a clip of David Hayter saying that was some good ass Tekken. And oh no, that was the worst decision in the world. Someone called the copyright police. That uh, caused fans to speculate over whether or not that was an official announcement slash endorsement slash promo that was hinting at an official crossover for Solid Snake to be in, in Tekken or... Tekken to be officially partnered with with Evo in some deeper way than what's really going on, or or if 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 the characters or settings were going to be crossing over in an official capacity like that. I can understand. Didn't Nintendo re- do like a teaser for Smash at Evo? Nintendo also officially stepped in to take Smash out of Evo one year. I, I believe yeah, Melee specifically was causing an I issue. I kind of feel sorry for the Evo, like, uh, organizers. Like, you know that what they were trying was genuinely to, like, have some fun or something, right? Right. And this either went one or the other way, right? And it went the bad way. But the other way would have gone down as like one of those amazing moments that you will have seen Twitter clips of for like the next ten years. So it was it was almost a good idea, but as we have found out, David Hayter and the timing of it being shown, not the best idea. Uh, Evo had to apologize, saying, Note, the snake cameo video that we showed during the Tekken finals was our idea of a little joke. It was not intended to imply a character reveal and was done on our own without consulting Bandai Namco. Sorry for any confusion. Uh, on August 6th, David Hayter followed up and tweeted, You also failed to consult me or Konami. Please do not use my voice to promote other games, ever. Wow, period of after games and then ever period. Period. Wow. <laughs> All right, I I mean I it's not like I don't agree with them. They probably shouldn't have done that. Yeah, they definitely they, should they not. shouldn't have done that. It's just I don't know, I'm biased right now. <laughs> <laughs> You're on that side because you denied I'm us. Biased. It, it, it sucks to not have fun, though. Like, you can't, like, I, I'm pretty sure you, you still can't um, have Nintendo games as on your channel. Like, you can't play them. Oh, oh, yeah. That's, them. that's, like, that's that a, sucks. a calculated risk you got to take. Yeah. So, I don't know. You can't, you can't have any fun anywhere. Everything, no more everything. fun. No, no, no more no fun with video games. Video games are not fun. Yeah. You either get a death threat. Or you go to jail. I don't know. Or or you're you're gambling. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, we we can conclude the Are science has been our lives done. Doing this show, video games officially. David's gonna come after us. Officially, we're a mistake. David, 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 David. Now we're David Hater. <laughs> 
David Hater hates away. Don't, don't, don't contact David in any way, shape, or form. We do not want any hate from David. God, I'm never going to be able to have a good night of sleep ever again. <laughs> do not timestamp that. <laughs> I, I just... It, it's, it is so incredibly nerve-wracking knowing that there's thousands of unpredictable people who have some layer of their behavior that reflects on me. <laughs> or am I just crazy? I think no, you're, I you're going to... Yeah. Th- this is people. People are different. A lot of people are different. It's, this is what the way it is. That's just it's not going to reflect on you. You're not like a teacher at a, a Taekwondo school and you're like directly in Giving contact with these license. people. Here's your in license way, though, to contact David Hayter. <laughs> am, am, I, am I not though? Like I'm, I'm, I'm not a teacher in a Taekwondo room, but I am a, a teacher of sorts on, on a screen being, being broadcasted into... You wish. <laughs> in, into thousands of people's lives and... I, I, I wish I didn't have Hundreds to worry of about that. <laughs> M- multiples, more than ten. <laughs> God, if you would like to follow up our requests and and our productions to change your behavior and and write us fan mail, <laughs> you can do it to to dadandsons at gmail dot com. But I'm still kind of just creeped out, or dadandsonspodcast at gmail dot com. That is, but I'm still just hung up on how much power we really do have over over people who listen to this stuff for some reason well thank you for doing such a thing thank you for listening to this show yeah because that's please the power that they have please don't be angry <laughs> about games please just please just be nice be nice you guys being nice is easier than being mad let me tell you Less typing. A lot less typing. The three of us are always nice to each other. (laughs) Except when we're talking about exclusivity. uh, Limitations. (laughs) I I never understood why holding on to your self-control is not something that's more valued by by our society that we live in. it It is like it weirdly is just like on the internet. I don't know. Like, it takes more work to do that, to, like, resist temptation, to hold yourself back. Also, like, if you're young and you're listening to this and you post random-ass shit online, please, I advise you, that shit will come back to bite you and haunt you. Actually, actually, do send it in to our email at dadandsonspodcast.gmail.com. We, we, we will vet it to see if you can post it online. You may or may not hear it out loud as one of these following listener questions, which this week are going to start out with uh, someone named George. George PV. That's <laughs> ah, George. <laughs> Under a pseudonym. And not uh, very good George... One. George PV what could I have meant by that has three main questions and I also should clarify no I did not write this I want personal, I would like personal victim yes yes I, I will not have my good character name tarnished by these salacious accusations and rumors here <laughs> I did not type these three questions George PV did is the next one George Avi 
And then the <laughs> final one was like George SV. <laughs> oh, what a coincidence. <laughs> George PPVV says three main questions. Number one. Did any old classic let you down upon a more recent review? Hmm. 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 Actually, I... I don't know if... <laughs> I, okay, okay, okay. So I have a very... Are you talking about Symphony of the Night or a different one? <laughs> Symphony of the Night. I thought you liked Symphony of the Night. No, I liked Bloodstain. <laughs> 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 it's like an upgraded version from Symphony of the Night. I stopped playing it, but but I didn't play it back then, so that doesn't count. <laughs> Mario Galaxy. Really? It just is like, the game is still great and fantastically well designed, but man, those Wii controls. Oof. Oh, where you're uh, pointing a cursor at the screen and, and swiping up stars with that? Yeah. Yeah, not, I... not, not great. Okay. I always kind of liked the idea of it, though. Like, like it feels like a cute mashup between Di- fucking Diablo and Mario. <laughs> well, it was more that the two-play option was more useful than just playing single-play. You'd have that second person sitting there, bored out of their brain, just waggling the remote backwards to collect all the star bits. Um, my so my answer is is a little bit of a of a roundabout here. Um, this You're gonna is... talk about Rome Tall War, aren't you? Nah, 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 nah. But something that's that's probably as bad an answer. So, uh, Pokemon is a popular franchise, right? Pokemon. Oh no! <laughs> Don't you dare! The the, the recent um, Detective Pikachu movie was was well received and 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 good, and everyone was was satisfied, and they didn't make a horrific CGI monstrosity of a. Of a character they had to redo last minute, and and they saved themselves from that trouble, right? Right? Yes. Could could one say that it's a neo classic because it's got the, the cloud and the name association and, and the Pokemon branding? Uh, the Pokemon. No. Okay. No. Because playing the the game Detective Pikachu was really disappointing. That that took took some wind out of my sails. Yeah, I don't, I, yeah, I haven't played any old, old games other than Symphony of the Night recently, other than, I did play a lot of Mario Party recently. I played three, four, five, and I think six. Played Jesus game. Christ, you've been having a lot of parties. A lot of Mario parties. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. A little bit of drinks, a little bit of Mario Party. Some of those games are bad, though. Some of the, oof. Some of the mini games are rough. Yeah, they're pretty rough. Like mm-mm. some some of those, you know, Luigi couldn't have shouldn't have won. You know, I'm just saying. <laughs> As players and critics, do we need to constantly reconsider our evaluation of older games uh, on uh, on well received that are upon release? Oh, wait, 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 wait! I, I need I need to rethink this because the. The paragraph spacing got all all parsed up weird. As players Wait, is this and a critics, new question or an no, addendum? no. This is this is the the second part of George PV's question. Oh, yeah. As players and critics, do we need to constantly reconsider our evaluation of older games upon well received newer releases? No, because it doesn't have any bearing. You You're mean? not buying them. 
You're not buying them again. You can talk about Ocarina of Time in reference to any other Zelda game, but most of the time people are just going to ignore you because it's irrelevant. I think it, it's somewhat like the opinion changed because newer games are out with different mechanics, things that are fixed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you can't think of it the same way anymore. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like, different. Like, that's what you know, I mean. When, like, it is different. It's like, can you go back and review Ocarina of Time to 2019 standards? No. No. Don't do that. Don't do that. If you can't appreciate what was great back then, then you shouldn't play the game because you're just going to hate it. Like you're you just going to say, now. oh, the game wasn't that good. You had to play it back then or yeah. be okay with certain stuff being, oh, you know what it is to play an older game. And Some it's weird, right? Not there. It's yeah. weird because, like, Matt, you brought up, like, a really good example of this, like, five seconds ago, which is that Symphony of the Night will always be regarded as one of the best games of all time and a better game. But you would recommend somebody play Bloodstain instead right now in 2019, wouldn't you? It, yeah, I mean, I don't know how the story and the voice acting is too much. Like, it, it might pick up, but the, the, just the design of the levels... It's just not interesting. It just seems so bland to me, at least in the beginning. All right? I didn't play, like, after a few hours. So, But Bloodstained, it keeps you kind of going. You know, there's, there's interesting stuff going on and interesting enemies. This one, it feels a little rough. It feels like um, the world is against you and this bland world. And it's just, eh, don't. Yeah. I, I, I'm not... I'd rather Bloodstain, for sure. But yeah. I, I love how much harder it is to control the camera in a lot of N64 PlayStation 1 games what, like, compared to when they originally came out. You, you like that Mario 64 <laughs> like, stuff. Uh, a few years of, of standards changing and quality increasing can make them feel and play fundamentally different from how how they were intended to be consumed on launch that's that's always real fun to go back and find out when that happens um anyways part three what makes a game timeless in your opinion well oh, i didn't really answer your question Liam, did i <laughs> george can you cut? i didn't answer your question all i did was review the game because i replace replace that no no don't 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 skip it. That was good. I think it answered the question. It was a point that you can't compare. Like yeah, I, yeah. I, I just really complained about old graphics, which doesn't make any sense with the question. But it's it's a very similar thing, right? It's like mechanics of a game. Say like, uh, I'm trying to think, like an RPG or something like that. Or even like a, a Dynasty Warriors from for the PS2. Like if you try and play that mechanically, and compare it to like a Warriors game, like a Musou game now, like Hyrule Warriors or the Fire Emblem Warriors game or something, like there's just going to be mechanical differences. Technology has moved on. Whether those games are good or not is like almost irrelevant now because it was a time and a place. Yeah. Those games will live on in your hearts. And that's where they are. You can go back and play them if you want, but you might have grievances, but that shouldn't reflect how you felt. Yeah. Like, I'm never going to play Ocarina of Time again, but it's still, like, one of the most influential games and fondest memories I'll ever have. I think it's important to have a historical context for 
making criticism if 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 you're a criti- I, I, if you're a critic i don't it depends on on your job and what you're doing all right go ahead george go ahead um what makes a game timeless in your opinion you play it over and over again it might it might have a you might have a, a emotional tie to it you might the gameplay might just be good i, I think there needs to be some kind of degree of elegance and a, a an aspect of polish pushed out towards that elegance like these these weird early 3d games with cameras that are very very hard to control nowadays probably did not have that degree of elegance required to keep them timeless I think there's only one game that I've ever really, truly thought was timeless, like, aesthetically, and that's Wind Waker. Mm. Like, yeah, I can't I... imagine a, an era Agreed. of gaming where t- Wind Waker still wouldn't look like a game that could have been released yesterday. In regards to, like, actual timelessness instead of, like, aesthetical quality or but gameplay wait. quality... <laughs> It has the uh, the stealth segments, and those have aged not as good as the visuals. Yeah, but in regards to like games as a timeless thing, you know, I think it depends on how impactful it was at that time when it came out. So Pokemon, Pokemon's forever going to be timeless because Pokemon's a juggernaut. I think games like Final Fantasy VII are going to be timeless because they made such an impact. Half-Life 2... All these games are timeless, I think, because of their impact, not necessarily how they look or how they play. And they're also nice and simple and streamlined. Yeah. There's not not too much math you got to do. You really play games over again. I just, I don't... The only games I've played over again have been Hollow Knight and Ori. And those are recent. Can't play games now. How are you going to replay games? (laughs) There's so many games. Yeah, I well, are they though? I don't know, man. What I play all the good stuff that comes out every month. Well, I, I shouldn't say that. Like on PC and maybe PS4, but like I don't know if the game is not. <laughs> it, it has to be, a, I guess, a little depending on my taste at the moment. You know, my taste tend to change. I want something a little bit weird, so I play Outer Wilds. Uh, I want a little RPG, you know, so I play Crosscode. Mm. Now, I don't know if Days Gone is something that's going to grip me. It's to zombies. Cross code. There's some good responses to your cross tra- cross code cross code <laughs> cross code. Whoa, whoa! <laughs> Not that type of podcast. Cross code talk last week, there, Matt. Dude, dude, cross code, man. It's I'm, I'm at the end. Out. I'm at the end, it. but I, I don't want to. I don't want to grind for anything. <laughs> and to get this, like some of this gear, you have to grind for it. I'm like. Yep, this is the MMO. I don't know if I want to do this. <laughs> I just want to play the game. And you you can. They they have um the ability like to turn down like the combat and stuff like that, but I don't want to do that. I, I want to just beat it the way it was intended. Um at least for me anyway. So yeah, I'm I'll, I'll probably beat it by next uh next week and and say, "Yeah, I like this game." I'm probably going to like it. I definitely enjoy it. It's good. It's a good game. It's a good game, George. They're out there. Oh, You should play games, I just George. can't win, can I? I do. I played lots of games. Sander sent in one question saying, After listening to the last episode and seeing George's fascination with homemade curry, I was wondering what you guys thought of Japanese curry. 
It was easily one of the best meals I ate in Japan, specifically at a shop right by Dindin Town, and I'm a huge fan of making big pots of it at home in a slow cooker using the curry blocks. Weirdly enough, you can make a pot of it taste much better by adding a bar of milk chocolate, <gasps> butter, a yeah. bit of applesauce, and some cheddar cheese. Wait, what? Really? Heck yeah. You also need to make sure Liam tries gumbo. Cheers from New Orleans, Sander. Wait, chocolate and curry? Absolutely. Especially Japanese curry. And it depends on what the what what ammo you're going for. What like what what type of uh spice you can have like amaguch, like sweet curry. You have like Do you have to, karatu. have to be careful which ones you add chocolate to, or can chocolate just go with all of uh, uh I don't know. Spicy chocolate, I guess that's some people's thing, but I have heard from Mr. Curry Expert uh, uh Chris Cola who wrote a book on it, that chocolate does make curry better. How I, about that? I have never done it, but I imagine, yeah, pretty good. Japanese curry is incredible. I can make it because it's super easy and we have all the curry roux we want here in Japan. So you can just buy, like, you know, a block and stick it in a pot with some potatoes and some beef or some pork and carrots and peppers. and It's beautiful. Beautiful. I, I absolutely love every every cocoa curry I've been in over there. Yeah, we we had curry when you were here, didn't we, George? Oh yeah, yeah. That was that was our, our meal on day one before we went to the the kitchen on the next night or the yeah. the chicken on the next night. Yeah, Japanese curry, top notch, easy to make. I can't believe you can put chocolate in it. Holy crap, that that changes anything. Anyways. Um, <laughs> Sam H. says, Good morning or evening, dads or sons. I have a self-proclaimed weeaboo challenge at my workplace. Or weeaboo colleague at my workplace. He frequently <laughs> tries to make me cringe by calling me things like Oni-chan or playing wow. rap cross-up anime opening mashups loudly on his phone near me. In return, I've started responding to him using his surname with the San honorific because he has a very Anglo-Saxon surname that sounds silly with the honorific. So Weed just playfully saying, oh, uh, I, I, I've had I've had friends do that in <laughs> real life, and it's, it's always the worst. So just playfully saying, you shouldn't bother me while I'm working, Hopwood-san, or robotic, arigatou gozaimasu, Hopwood-san. So that leads into my question more aimed at Liam. Do people in Japan refer to you by your first name or your surname? Uh, you can choose for the most part. If the answer is your first name, is that because you choose to introduce yourself as Liam Edwards, or is it an understanding of... No, uh, traditionally, if you work at a company, they'll know your name, of course, already, and your your family name will come first. It's not your surname, it's your family name. So, my name is Eduazu Ryamu. So, I would be Eduazu-san when I do, like, official stuff. If I go to, like, the city ward office or I go to, uh, I don't know, I go to the doctors or something, I would be Eduazu-san. Uh, but at work or in places where I'm with Japanese friends, I am Diyama-san. Or sometimes Diyama-kun. Wow. What, what did you say your last name was? It's Edwards. Edwards. So it's Edowazu. Edowazu. Okay. It sounded like <laughs> like you were adding something onto it at first, but it was it was your really fast, fancy pronunciation. Edowazu. It's elongated the, it elongates the what? 
So it's Edouise. I think I, I was um, Georgie. Joji. Joji Oedo, man. Joji. <laughs> Joji. <laughs> I like your music. You, you, you listen to Joji? George? Heck Wait, George? I, no, no, Liam. I know you have good taste. I, I'm yeah. just asking George here. Oh no, I, I have no taste. I'm wondering if George can make the connection about who jo- Joji actually is. I've mentioned it on the podcast because he's. I used his song in my video. Yeah, like I'm wondering whether George knows who Joji, Joji is. is. Do you know who oh he my, is? He makes I, good I, music. I Googled it just now. Don't Google it. We're asking you. I feel bad that I Googled it. And is he is he Filthy Frank? Yes. He's Filthy Frank. Yeah. <laughs> He's That's, Filthy Frank, what, dude. What are the chances? Because it's funny, right? I And George. He's amazing. He, it's like, yeah. incredible. I, I, don't, I don't know if... He, it's good music. <laughs> There's no other way to say it. Because like... Um, yeah, you could have you could not like the taste of it, but you can't mm. argue that it's actually good, good music. And it's music. so weird yeah. for Filthy Frank to make. <laughs> I'd be worried about music. giving it Filthy Frank points. Like not even like impressive music, but be like one of the most listened to artists in the world now. Is messy. I yeah. didn't know he was that big yet. He's huge. He he's like been on Billboard like, and he's reached like number two and number oh, one. I yeah. think Him and Rich Brian are like friends. Like, yeah, them two are like definitely helping each oh, other. Oh wait, out. wait, is Liam is Liam name dropping here? No, <laughs> no. If you name drop Joji, me and you, we're gonna have to hook up. <laughs> <laughs> wait, is that all on good form? <laughs> Getting the names. I haven't done that once. <laughs> <laughs> One day, one day, one day. Breaking when you my come heart. Come over here. Breaking my heart. I'm coming over there. I'm coming to PAX. Come to Seattle. Yeah, but it's in Seattle, though. Come to Seattle. It's a all long of the dads, drive. All of the sons, dude. the mothers, the daughters. Get yourselves to PAX West because I'll be there. Don't get doxxed. <laughs> <laughs>